Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Hello wrestling fans, and welcome to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. The brothers Maxson, Nate, and Aaron here with you. For another edition of the show, and uh, once we get our top ten started this week, it's going to be interesting. We're going outside of of our normal topics of conversation. We we normally talk about mainly 80s and 90s wrestling here on the show, but this year we're actually going to delve into the 2000s a little bit as we're going to do our personal top ten favorite ruthless aggression era wrestlers from the WWE. So that'll be fun. Aaron, how's it going out there in uh, podcast wonderland? It's, it's okay. You said it. It's okay. Well, I just wanted to bring something up before uh, we started the top ten, and that is I watching some uh, some '90s WWF, and I have to say, and even going back, and if you watch like Stampede or whatever, like to me, there's nothing more insane than the fact that Brute Stu Hart produced two of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time with his seed, Bret Hart and Owen Hart. Two of the most entertaining, greatest wrestlers, two of my favorites of all time. And then that miserable, awkward Muppet Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I just like Bruce Hart is to me, he's awkward and he's terrible. And <laughs> I hate Bruce Hart. <laughs> I know it's random, but I just, to me, it seems like it, I didn't watch a lot of Stampede, obviously, but he sounded more like he was more of a an idea guy. Yeah, because, I, I mean, I hope so, because he's a cretin on TV. <laughs> like, he's just, I don't know, he's just weird looking and weird sounding and, yeah, I don't know, just weird. <laughs> I don't know if he's the weirdest heart, but he's the weirdest heart to me. Everything I've read, he's not the weirdest heart. Is that Smith? Yeah, it said Smith was weird. I've heard some Smith stories. It's Brett. Trustworthy. <laughs> Brett, Brett tells some Smith stories in his book. He said that he invited Smith into his new house after he got a divorce. And anytime Smith was in your house, you kind of had to keep an eye on him. <laughs> Steal stuff. Uh, the Hearts and the Von Erics, they're like white trash with money. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Those wrestling families. Yeah. Say, so like, he went to do something or whatever and realized Smith wasn't around and, like, walked in on me. He's, like, going through his, like, Brett's drawers and stuff. <laughs> hey, hey, get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not the. Smith was the. Smith's dead, isn't he? Yeah. But he's the one that looked like Stu. Am I right? Like, much. like when he like at WrestleMania 26 or whatever, when the Hart family was going against Vince, like I, he looked like a stew was in the ring. 
Yeah, he looks like Stu. He looks like Stu. <laughs> Stu with like a mop hair do kind of thing going on. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, random Hart family conversation. Sorry, folks. I just, like I said, that, that Bruce Hart thing came to my mind, so I wrote it down to bring it up during the show. Um, is there anything else you want to discuss before we start the top ten? Oh, I mean, none of them knew how to dress. I can tell you that. <laughs> Not even the good ones knew how to dress. Well, Owen be tucking those uh, windbreaker pants into his boots. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that was more his personality than lack of fashion sense. Yeah, they, could, they couldn't dress. <laughs> Well, before we start the top ten, I will remind everybody to uh, participate in our Facebook group. If you have not yet joined our Facebook group, you can. Um, all you have to do is hit, hit up the We Can't Wrestle podcast Facebook group, um, obviously on Facebook. And uh, we will accept your, um, your uh, request to join, and you can participate there. Also, want to remind you um, that you can uh, listen to the show now on Spotify if you don't want to have to download it on your podcast app. Also, you can stream it on Spotify, which also makes it available on your um, your Echo, your Amazon Echo deal. So, your Alexa, I guess I should say. So, that being said, all you have to do is say, Alexa, play the We Can't Wrestle podcast on Spotify. And there you go. It's right there for you. Creepy, but uh, we got to stay up with the times, right? Yep. So we're talking top ten, and we're talking the WWE Ruthless Aggression Era. That would be, I mean, in my mind, it starts in about 2002 from everything I can gather. And then to me, it ends when PG starts. So I'd say late 2008 was my guess, because I think PG started right at the beginning of 2009. Yeah. Um, so that was my, um, my guesstimate on when that time frame would be. So I will let you go first. May just going through all of them? No, we'll just, we'll do every other, we'll do back and forth. Okay. Um, these are just, it might not be like, you know, this guy was the, the greatest or whatever, but they're just my personal favorites. Yeah. And I was trying to think of this era. Um, 80s, 90s guy, but I did my best. <laughs> so, the first one we'll go with is Christian. Christian, the creepy little bastard. He wasn't always in the main event. So obviously, he hardly was ever even in the main events, but I always enjoyed him. I, I, like, <clears throat> I even... I. I even enjoyed him when he was, like, you know, the short... Like, I thought his most... Christian's most entertaining was, like, short-haired heel. Swarmy Christian? Yeah, Swarmy Christian. Well, yeah, I mean, one of the best feuds of that era is him and Jericho. Yeah. And then their match at WrestleMania 20 is the shit. (laughs) Lots, great lots, lots of WrestleMania 20 is the shit, actually. Yeah. That, I think uh, makes it so that, that WrestleMania kind of gets swept under the rug, but that was a really good WrestleMania, and that was I, one of the better matches. I liked um, I liked his... Uh, liked when he was with... Obviously, that came out of it, but it wasn't very long. 
but his little deal with Trish and mm-hmm. when he was with Tomco and all that, I, I enjoy that. When he had, he was one of those guys. Um, well, him and Jericho both, but they they were part of that act of of that troop of heels that kept Austin relevant. You know, through his through his time where he wasn't wrestling, where he was the commissioner and the sheriff and all that stuff, Christian was always a really good antagonist for Austin. Which I mean, from every all accounts and purposes, they're really good friends, and you can definitely tell. Like, I almost when I watch back to that time, I almost wish that Austin. You know, I, some people would be like, I wish Austin could wrestle so he could have wrestled Goldberg. I'd have actually liked to watch Austin work a program with Swarmy Christian. Yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoyed Christian. So, the first one on my list that I have here, uh, I'm a big mark for this guy. I always have been and still am today, but he did his best work, I think, during that era, and that is Shelton Benjamin. Yeah. Shelton Benjamin, maybe not the greatest promo, definitely not the greatest promo, but... uh I mean, you talk about a human highlight reel in professional wrestling. I don't think anybody can deny his talent between the between the ropes and on a ladder. <laughs> Shelton Benjamin, I think, was an athletic marvel, and I, I don't think Jim Ross was full of. I don't think he was blowing hot air when he used to call Shelton Benjamin the best athlete in the WWE at the time. Yeah, and he wasn't. He wasn't even bad, like promo wise. He just wasn't like a knock it out of the park guy. Yeah. And because of Shelton Benjamin, we got Shelton Benjamin's mama. Vince McMahon, Shelton Benjamin, control your mama. <laughs> yeah, and one of the last, like, real, like, uh, like, I don't know, sports entertainment segments is that deal where they lampooned, like, Monday Night Football or whatever. Oh, yeah, with, with uh, him and Trish. Yeah. And Vince McMahon's like, everybody knows that African-American males are attracted to hot blondes with with face masks or whatever. <laughs> and large breasts. <laughs> it's good stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, one of the best matches that ever happened on a Monday Night Raw broadcast was Shawn Michaels versus Shelton Benjamin. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you remember that match or not. It's where he catches him with the super kick or whatever. Yeah. Out of the... Out of the uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's that's one of my favorite... favorite it's the, with me To me, that match is up there with Benoit and Angle in the cage on Raw, with 1-2-3-Kid and Bret Hart. Um, very good match. Yeah, um, he had a couple good matches with Triple H. Mm-hmm. The underdog role, yeah. Can't say that Shelton Benjamin, yeah. <laughs> Benjamin never had a bad match, but I would say the thing that held him back was the fact that he wasn't the flashiest. Yeah, he wasn't terribly char- charismatic. Yeah. All right, so who do you got next? Uh, Well, we just kind of talked about him. We're going to go with Triple H. Triple H, uh, he's not in. He he's not in my top ten. But oh, go ahead. So I'm just saying he might not get a lot of love, but he'll Triple H at that time, man. He was the 
he was the straw that stirred the drink on Raw anyway. And he was uh he was he was a yeah, he was a constant, he was a consistent. I mean from Triple H, you know, and uh, Triple H gets a lot of flack for shit. I don't think he should get flack for because even if Triple H was losing to people, or if even Triple H was beating people, he was building talent. He was building people up. And he would, and he would, he would. Other than like you know, like a Scott Steiner or something. You know, even with Scott Steiner, he would lose, or he would win, but he would win just by like the skin of his teeth. You know. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like nothing but luck helped that guy win that match or his buddies or whatever. Like he didn't just flat out just beat people. Like I mean he did, you mm-hmm. know, like on Rawls or something. But like the the big pay per view blow off, he usually wound up having to use a sledgehammer or something. Right. Well, the- you know that, and that's the thing. You know, there's there's a there's an affinity that people had, and, and I'm I don't blame them because he was amazing. But there's an affinity that people have for Ric Flair. But really, in reality, I mean, this is obviously pre-Jim um, Hurd, but Ric Flair managed his career that way. Yeah. You know? I mean, he, he, he would lose when the time came to lose, but other than that, he was the heel champion, and and he was probably going to... He was probably going to go over... But with some kind of controversy or something like that, like Triple H really did pattern that run after Ric Flair, and and yeah, like I said, I mean Flair was almost booked the same way when you look back before probably about 1990. Yeah, and Triple H, I mean, obviously took that from Flair and used it and tried to be the Flair of his era and and, and did it well. Yeah, and like and I he, said. Like I said, he built, you know, he helped build. I mean, all the other guys from the Attitude Era were gone. So Triple H was there to have to use himself to get new guys over, i.e. Shelton Benjamin or Batista or Randy Orton or, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. And, and heaven forbid a guy takes him, takes his character serious. Right. <laughs> It's okay when Mick Foley does it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I hate when people are like he takes himself way too serious. Yeah, it's his job. Mm-hmm. I also take my job serious. Yeah. Well, we're sticking with the click because the next one on my list is a guy who I think had. He's a guy who had the the a better twilight of his career than anybody ever. And that is, the, it's the second half of Shawn Michaels' career in the uh, the ruthless aggression era. Yeah. Um, he 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 was amazing in the '80s and '90s, and he came back in the 2000s and somehow was more amazing. In the ring, yeah, I would say that. Um, I'm more of a fan of of uh, DX Shawn Michaels. Asshole Shawn Michaels. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more of a fan of that guy, but I, I can't say that I disliked Shawn Michaels in that era, you know? Yeah. I mean, 
He almost never. Oh, I say almost never had a bad match. Well, he didn't have a bad match, but they put. I mean, they put him in some stinkers. You know, they put him in a program with Chris Masters or whatever, trying to get new guys over. I get it, but I mean, overall, you think back on it and you think, you know, Michaels and Angle at WrestleMania 21, or Michaels and 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 uh, <clears throat> sorry, Michaels and Triple H when he had his comeback match. Yeah. Um, WrestleMania 19, him and him and Jericho. Um, and then yeah, you know, I mean, I like, I like, I liked his one of my feuds. That I think it's kind of a forgotten feud, but I liked his feud. I think it was in 07. I think it was 07 with Randy Orton. Yeah. When Randy Orton was, you know, he put Rob Van Dam out or whatever, and but yeah, overall, I, I'd, I'd say uh, even though he was a 80s 90s guy i would say that because Shawn michaels to me is a man of two careers and i would say his ruthless aggression era career stands up against uh anybody else's all right anything else nope all right um the next um person on my list and i say person because i put a female on my list is lita hmm I'm a huge fan of Lita. She didn't, and like, okay, she's, I'm just going to say it, she's hot, <laughs> you know, and she didn't, she didn't present herself as, I mean, she present, how do I don't say it, she was presented as being hot, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. it was in a totally different way, you know, like she wasn't going out there all the time just in like bra and panties and stuff like that she was she just looked good great she didn't look like every other she didn't try to look like every other diva great heel and I was even gonna say that even before that like right even before she became a heel like she's probably in my opinion the most athletic diva of that era or Mm -hmm. I should say you know what I mean yeah like female wrestler in the WWF in that era, she's probably the most athletic. She didn't wrestle like any of the other ones. She looked amazing. I'll keep going back to that. She well, still looks amazing. And I, I'll admit, and, and when she became a heel, it was it was gangbusters, man. She was great. Mm-hmm. She played. She played. She played a better, like condescending heel than I think Trish Stratus did. Uh, yeah, well, and I was going to say she, I mean, to me, and, and uh, you may disagree with me, but I think the greatest condes- or the greatest female heel in wrestling history is Stephanie McMahon, but I would put Lita second. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I, am, I am a mark for, I don't always like what's going on with WWE, like with Stephanie, but as far as like heel heat and everything, and I'm not trying to get off Alita, but I was just explaining my point. <laughs> I think Stephanie McMahon's an amazing heel. I think she's an amazing heel, but I think what's going on now is what's is what would make me think, yeah, maybe not. Is <laughs> like number one because a heel needs to be able to have its comeuppance and. And Lita takes some shit, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like she 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 would go through tables and this that and the other thing and yeah, like she would take shit. Like, fuck, she took the uh, um, 
was it the barbed wire mandible claw or whatever from yeah. mankind, you know? <laughs> Stephanie McMahon ain't doing that. <laughs> that much. But yeah, I just I was a huge Lita fan. Um what the hell? I was trying to think there was a what when when uh, at that Survivor Series when her and Edge are doing that um, promo and there's that baseball player and she's like, "Hey, Edge, baseball player, dude." Say, fully a muppet. I'm just a huge fan of Lita. <laughs> when Sean sprays her with the mustard. Yeah. <laughs> just, like I said, just even even like in the ring, she was just she was awesome. And she even had a, an amazing send off for her character too. Yeah, like her character was was such an evil cunt that when she retired, she didn't even you know what I mean. She even she her character didn't even go out with respect. Yeah, like yeah. I enjoy her. All right, so next on my list. Is uh, I don't know that you can have a top ten list of the ruthless aggression era and not have this guy on it, John Cena. Yep, John Cena was on mine too. And I'm gonna say this for the record, folks. And this is Doctor Thuggin. I'm next, John Cena. For me. <laughs> um, when when John Cena when John Cena came on the scene. Uh, I liked some of the I liked some of the rap stuff, but I was not a big fan of him in the ring. And I the guy proved himself to me. If that, you know, I, I became over time a John Cena fan because Cena, you know, people can say what they want about Cena. Cena's almost like Hogan where his his uh, wrestling ability doesn't always get to shine because of the character that he's playing. Um, but when it does, when you you know you watch John Cena have a match with Shawn Michaels, that hour long match they had in London, or the match he had at, at WrestleMania twenty two or twenty yeah twenty two with Triple H, or I mean just amazing talent, and I I didn't see it, I didn't see it in the beginning, and he grew on me. He he earned my respect. Yeah, and people can say what they want to say about the guy. But like, oh, John Cena sucks balls. He's terrible. We hate John Cena. It's like you motherfuckers didn't hate John Cena when he gave the fu to Big Show and beat him at that WrestleMania. <laughs> right. That place <laughs> nuts. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think Cena suffered from. I don't even know. Like, he suffered from the fact that... Wrestling fans are dickheads. Yeah, yeah. The rest, modern wrestling fans suck. <laughs> and that goes back to probably around the time that uh, that Cena entered the gamut. Um, and yeah, there was a bit of... I think something that one thing that turned people on him, which I get, was once he became popular... Vince then made him wanted him to be cheesy almost, you know. Yeah. And and that that kind of rubbed people the wrong way because that's what got him over was the attitude of his character, you know, the uh, get that gorilla out of his cage, that kind of a John Cena. 
And then once he became Jerseys and Cheese, I see. I see where people kind of turned on it, but um, but you're right. Wrestling fans are dicks too. The guy went in the ring and worked his ass off, and like, earned my I respect. Want to pick a guy? Uh, uh, Kenny Omega. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who I haven't seen a lot of. I'm gonna be honest, but. Kenny Omega, who everybody says is the, the, the bee's knees or whatever, you know? That guy could go to the WWE right now. Everybody be like, yeah, Kenny Omega's here. And they'll be like, they should put the belt on him. And, like, you could go, like, a year. And then they put the belt on Kenny Omega. And then after a year, they'd be like, same old shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why do you got the belt on Kenny Omega? That's what I used to say what that would happen to Rob Van Dam. If Rob Van Dam would have been around longer and been, you know, not when he won the WWE title, if he wouldn't have got busted with pot in the car or whatever, and uh, and got to be a longer reigning champion, that would have happened to him. Yeah, they'd be like, "We're sick of Rob Van Dam pointing at himself and his stupid gimmick." And burn, 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 burn. Mom, is the meatloaf done? Which is funny because that was the next guy on my list. Meatloaf. Oh, damn. <laughs> I don't like meat, though. <laughs> Rob Van Dam. Yes. Like, if I ever met Meatloaf and he started, like, singing, I'd be like, get to the point, Meatloaf. <laughs> been doing this for 12 minutes. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Old bitch tits, Meatloaf. All right. But Rob... like we get it, man. We get it. Rob Van Dam, a... You can see Paradise by the dashboard light. <laughs> <laughs> like why is every song you sing have to be 45 minutes long meatloaf that's my problem with santana too like oh for fuck's sake a 27 minute goddamn guitar solo yeah, I was say, at least meatloaf sings <laughs> <laughs> oh shit Two good songs a career don't make meatloaf. <laughs> and somewhere Carlos Santana's still playing that fucking guitar yeah. solo. <laughs> so anyway, Rob, back to Rob Van Dam. <laughs> Who probably loves Santana. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of, yeah. I mean, those guitar solos are for people that are tripping anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean... I love, I'm just an RVD mark to begin with. Mm-hmm. Like, ECW, Rob Van Dam, just everything about the guy. Like, I, I just, I enjoy Rob Van, like, people can say what they want to say about ECW, and I know I like ECW more than you do, but, and I'm not even talking, like, like I know we're not talking about that era of Rob Van Dam. Right. But just, just, he's another guy that I can say I've never seen him have a bad match. Mm-hmm. And, and he should be what a lot of these flippity floppity guys like the young bucks and all them mm-hmm. that are out now they should watch Rob Van Dam because Rob Van Dam's doing the same shit those guys are doing but he did it with some thought and, and he did it with some and, and, and he did it with psychology and like wrestling uh, wrestling's what... unbelievable okay mm-hmm. but but when Rob Van Dam would do his 
fantastic flip and dive and slam on the guy, he sold it. Exactly. That's exactly what I was about to you say. I mean, like he would hit his frog splash and be like, "Oh shit!" Or, that hurt too. or even better than the frog splash, the way he would sell the rolling thunder. Yeah, like he sold all that shit. Like, oh, oh my gosh, the impact hurt me too. Like I, he didn't just pop back up, but just go right into his shit. If and, I'm if I'm gonna land my spine down on John Cena's broad fucking hard ass chest. Yeah, I'm be like, God damn, that hurt a little bit. You know, and and he would get guys in position for it, and and yeah, like if you want to watch, like all of those guys should just watch Rob Van Dam and be like, this is what we should do. Mm-hmm. This is how we should. This is how we should promote our. This is how we should present ourselves in this believable. Unbelievable, ma- unbelievable, believable manner. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, in this business. <laughs> yeah, this business of the absurd. This is what we should. This is how I should pre- present myself. Mm-hmm. He, he's he's the definition of that style. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll give you that. And you know, Ed, like you just said, you're a bigger fan of ECW than I am. I'm a bigger fan of lucha than you, and and I know that I come down on the guys that are like the Will Ospreys and stuff now. Yet I can sit here and say I'm a fan of Lucha, but I'll say this, to be honest, you know, other than, uh, well, there's a, there's a guy that'll be on the list later of mine, but Eddie Guerrero, well, Eddie Guerrero, I'll get to him later though, but, um, RVD and Eddie are probably the two most believable high spot wrestlers ever. Yeah. And... You know, that's that's coming from somebody that that likes lucha, but I can I can sit here and say, yeah, I know lucha's a little, a little, a little less believable, but so yeah, Rob Van Dam definitely a good pick for your uh, tops. Did you have anything else on Mister Mister Van Dam? No, just like I said, I, I just think the guy he was just awesome, and and. It goes to show that, like, because I, I, I know Eddie Guerrero is an ECW and everything, but I don't consider Eddie Guerrero an ECW guy. Right. You know? There's a reason that Rob Van Dam was the most successful ECW guy, you know? Mm-hmm. The most successful. I, I know Foley and all that, but Foley had a career before he went to ECW. Mm-hmm. And Austin was an ECW guy, but, but RVD was like, you know the homegrown ECW guy that actually did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> and made... He... Well, no, he, he's he, he's kind of like, like almost the, the two careers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we... Hell, is Kyle there? Mr. Microphone is here. Hold on a second. <laughs> we're recording. We're on. The we're on the late. air. You're the one that's late. Jesus. Hold on. Okay. Hello. I feel like Kyle dialing in from Baghdad. Yeah. Or it feels like we're interviewing Shawn Michaels on Monday Night Raw, 1993. <laughs> like while well, Doink's fighting Marty Jannetty. <laughs> Hello, handsome stranger. Hello, guys. How we doing? Buff Bagwell? 
was the handsome stranger in global wrestling. Well, the third stooge is here. What's the deep cut? Come on, man. That's yeah. a deep I kind of feel like I'm Lee Marshall falling in from the road. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here with the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. <laughs> oh, so, so Kyle, it's yeah. actually the biggest ball of weasel. <laughs> he just makes some shitty weasel joke. And Bobby would be like, what is with Marshall? What did yeah. I ever do to Lee Marshall? Do that fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> It's great. So, on this week's show, Kyle, uh-huh. I guess you can just uh, throw your comments in on your on your uh, photo bomb of the show here, but uh, we're talking our top ten favorite wrestlers from the Ruthless Aggression era. Oh, fuck. 2002 to 2008. Okay. And so far... I'll let Aaron let you know his. We've both done, I believe, three. Mine have been Shelton Benjamin, Shawn Michaels, and John Cena so far. Mine would have been John John Cena was on mine. Triple H, Christian, RVD, and the lovely Lita. So that's where we're at. What's that? It's interesting. It's interesting. How, like, it always seems like with Lita, like, she's always, like, on that list. Well, she should like, be. You, well, you never, like, it's just, it's, it's amazing to me, like, especially if you go back and watch, like, God damn, was she over. And, well, what we, one of the things we discussed about her was, as far as female wrestlers go, She's probably the best heel ever. Yeah. Of that era. Yeah, I would say ever. I mean, like I said, I, 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 era. I, the, I, in my, she's not the greatest heel, female heel ever, in my opinion. You say Sherry? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Female. Like, like Lita, Lita could, okay. Lita couldn't make people. You know what I mean? Right. Edge was already a star when he wound up with Lita. But so you wanted to get an, a new act over or whatever. You put you, Like Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels, that act wouldn't have worked. That character wouldn't have got over as well as it did without having Sherry with him. True. Like, he got over because that was an act. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. The Macho Man... Randy Savage, Macho King, yeah. Like, I think he was more hated because he he dropped Liz and went with Sherry. You know, mm-hmm. he he dropped the wholesome. Well, shit, Har- like, like, Harlem Heat, American girl for like some skank. Harlem, you know, Harlem Heat. Yeah, Harlem Heat. Um, yeah, just yeah. Sherry's the greatest female heel of all time. So now that you discussed Van Dam, and now we can get Kyle's take on these picks, but the next pick on my list, Randy Orton. Okay. I think that Uh, Randy Orton, of that class, of that ruthless aggression era, 
I don't know anybody that had better psychology than Randy Orton. Um, just a natural, God-given talent for the wrestling business. You know, I'm not a big fan of Randy Orton now, like the whole Apex Predator. I liked him as the Legend Killer. Legend Killer and when he first became, like, when he was doing the angle with, uh, like, Van Damme and Michaels yeah. with the kick in the head and all that, like, that was that was superb. And, yeah, I mean, Legend Killer, obviously. The, I, have, I have a hard time picking which is my favorite Mick Foley match, whether it's his match with, uh, with Orton or his match with Edge. Um, but, you know, Randy Orton's, Randy Orton's hardcore match with Mick Foley, to me, is the stuff of legends. Yeah, and, and I mean the, these guys that that want to learn wrestling psychology today. That's you know we were t- Aaron was talking about how the the high spot guys today should watch Rob Van Dam, which is absolutely true. But you want to talk about psychology? Just watch that match. Watch Randy Orton take the thumbtacks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What? Like this pretty boy, and it's like this is nothing like this has ever happened to me. What the fuck have I gotten myself into? <laughs> and it's Randy, just... Orton's involved, Randy Orton's involved in one of my favorite moments in wrestling history and it's when he's won the belt and then he's up on Batista's shoulders the next night or whatever you know <laughs> and the thumbs and down celebrating and, and he's, up on, he's up on the shoulders and before the thumbs even go down or whatever he knows what's up <laughs> you know because he's been rolling with these guys forever, so he's just like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> like he knows, he knows. Okay, these guys are about to turn on me. The, the alpha dog is mad. Yeah, he's he he can tell it. Like his body, like he just like that guy's body was just like, like he sensed exactly what was about to happen, and he was just like, "Ah shit." <laughs> <laughs> so, so Kyle, since you weren't in the pre-production of the show. I guess as we go through, we will ask with these guys if they would be in your top ten. Would Orton be in your top ten in the Ruthless Aggression era? Absolutely. Absolutely, without a fucking doubt. Because, like I said, you, you talk about a guy, not only, let's face it, when it comes to a second or third generation wrestler, you're either going to fucking make it or you're not. Mm-hmm. And for, for, and honestly, maybe I'm wrong, but it almost feels like that the more lineage you have, the worse off you are. Like you're not going to get that fair share, that fair shot. Mm-hmm. Well, just... and and the ones that the ones that do break through are fucking very rare. And I think Orton is a perfect fucking example of that. Well, look at all the Samoans over the years that have fallen off. You know, they. You know, they, they were going to get that push just because they were part of that family, and <laughs> off they go. Or that goddamn Eric Watts. <laughs> well, you like Curtis Axel. I hate Eric Watts. Now, see, Curtis well, Axel, but Curtis Axel to me is a different case because Curtis Axel to me is is a misused guy. I think that guy's fucking talented as hell. So I kind of I, I kind of give him a pass in that respect, but. And I agree, but. It, but like with like even like Ted DiBiase and Cody before he left, great talents. But they just for some reason, it's like the company just fucking looked at him as mid card guys, 
and the ones that have been able to break through that fucking glass ceiling have become fucking superstars. Mm-hmm. And I think Orton is a perfect example of that. Plus, some of them Samoans, they got they got their issues. True. Yeah. <laughs> they like you the druggies. <laughs> they also have man boobies. For all those people who loved The Rock, he had to leave in 99 to get surgery on his man boobies. <laughs> That's why he wore the goddamn outfit, the fucking running track suit. Yep. Shit cracks me up. I it thought is. he was in the mob. <laughs> it, is ki- it is kind of a Polly Walnuts kind of outfit, isn't it? <laughs> Can I just say, just off the record, like, I know I'm going to get off on a tangent here. We'll get to Aaron's next one, but I, I thought of Polly Walnuts. And you know what one of my favorite episodes of Sopranos is? The one where the one where Polly and Chris are lost in the woods. Yeah. In the winter. God damn it, I love that episode. <laughs> my fucking foot. <laughs> Give me that fucking thing to wrap around my fucking foot. <laughs> When they're chasing I, the cat, when they're chasing that guy in the woods or whatever, yeah, he thinks he's got the poison ivy and all that shit. <laughs> For all those people out there listening, because I don't know what our age age group is, but fucking Sopranos was the Game of Thrones before Game of Thrones. <laughs> so fucking go back and watch that. It was the Game of Calzones. That <laughs> <laughs> was fucking stupid. Don't give me that one. <laughs> I, I, you know what? Welcome, I, I'm going to. Welcome to the family. All right, Aaron, who's, who's next on your list? Well, you kind of foreshadowed it, so I'll just bring it up. You said he was going to be on your list. We'll just knock him out real mm-hmm. quick. Not real quick. You know what I mean? It would be Eddie Guerrero. Absolutely. There has never been an incarnation of Eddie Guerrero that I did not enjoy. I've said it on the show before. When I watch Eddie Guerrero on my TV, I smile. Like, and I, and I know we're just talking in the ruthless aggression era or whatever, but there's I when I say that there has never been a incarnation of Eddie Guerrero that I did not enjoy. I'm not lying. Like when he was chubby, mustache mullet, looking like he worked at Jeep, you know, <laughs> in WCW. ECW, when you go back and watch the stuff in Mexico, but especially when you got to the WWF, WWE, when somebody was finally able to tap into the, like, the, the actual personality and the humor and just the genius of this guy. It's Eddie Guerrero all day long. We've now, again, I know we're talking at, uh, aggression, ruthless aggression era, but I've been watching a lot of fucking uh, old WCW, just because I, I, I'm where Aaron's at now, I cannot watch the modern product. Mm-hmm. I just can't fucking do it. So, but anyways, uh, so I'm at the point now where Eddie Guerrero's starting to turn heel. And it's fucking brilliant, because he's not really turning heel like, like your normal, like, oh, I'm just gonna come out and be a heel. You know, he fucking screws over Dean Malenko and he's just like, why is everyone pissed at me? I'm not, you know, like <laughs> and fucking uh, Mike Tanay has the greatest fucking call ever. 
and it's a throwaway line he's talking about. He's like, you know what? This is the Eddie Guerrero that I saw down in Mexico. And I thought maybe when he came to WCW, he'd grown up, but, you know, I guess he's always been this way. And God bless him for being that way. And it was just fucking brilliant. Because it was like, yep. It's like, you know, this is the Eddie Guerrero that I saw in Mexico. <laughs> like when he when he cheat or whatever and like lay down and then he'd look up trying to see like the referee was down <laughs> and, like, scale, uh, that shit or like yeah, so, like it was never not funny you, you know talk about I mean? yeah that's what I was gonna say you talk about and there's a lot of it to talk about bad WWE comedy stuff that Vince McMahon thinks is funny that the rest of the world doesn't it's a sh- it's a it's a it's a show for one man but you look at some of the stuff that Eddie Guerrero did comedically, and he made it fucking work. Like his shit with it with uh, fucking Kurt Angle, where he was like pawning off Kurt Angle's shit. Yeah. Or, I mean, is <laughs> when I love the Flair Eddie thing at the Royal Rumble when he takes Flair's wallet. Yeah, I, I, I love the shit where like the vignettes with him and Chavo. Yeah. Like when they want to use that old lady's pool, it's like <laughs> your your pool's got a crack in it. But they're wearing like the duckies. Yeah, he's like your pool has a crack in it, and she's like, "What are you talking?" He's like, "You would you wouldn't want to like you wouldn't want to leak and like have your pool get all filled up with water now." Would you? <laughs> <laughs> like it's the worst lie ever. But that lady's like, "Oh no, I wouldn't want that," you know. <laughs> when they're at the golf course or yeah, yeah, it was all good. Like yeah, but. But going back to the Royal Rumble, because that's fucking Vince McMahon in a nutshell. It's like, haha, Eddie Guerrero, he fucking lies and cheats and steals. We're going to have him steal something. And then anybody else's fucking hands, it would be shit. Mm-hmm. But Eddie Guerrero pulls it off. He pulls it off fucking perfectly. And then you talk about the matches. You know, I mean, my favorite ladder match is Eddie and Ray. In the the ladder match for Dominic's the custody of Dominic at SummerSlam, um, what is that? SummerSlam '05. Yeah. Um, and then we, Aaron and I, have, it's funny because we've brought this up, we brought this event up like two, three times in this show, uh, realizing how great it is. WrestleMania '20, that match with uh, Kurt Angle. Not only is the match great, but it's one of the best. It's one of the most creative finishes ever. With the boot. Yes. Well, and what's perfect about that, if you go back and watch it, is when Eddie fucking fakes break or hurting his foot, fucking he looks up at Angle and Angle looks at him and you see him say, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, and it's just like, it's fucking brilliant. And he's, he's, like, he's, he knows that Angle knows that his ankle's fucked. He's the... Like, he, he's, to me, like, when I think of SmackDown, like, in that time... That's what I think about is Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle, and Brock Lesnar. Yeah, and but even more so than those guys, I, I think of Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, because he was consistent. He never switched. I don't know that he was ever part of the Raw. Well, I mean, early on he was, but once things got going with the brand split, was he ever even on the Raw roster? Not that I know of. I'm yeah. sure he wrestled on there once in a while, but no, he was usually always just a... Smackdown guy. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's that he's Smackdown. Is Eddie Guerrero. And you wouldn't have... Um, and he's a polarizing guy, I know, but you wouldn't have JBL without 
Eddie Guerrero. No. That nope. Because if you know. if you would have launched that character against anybody else, it would have failed. Would have failed. And I know people say, "Oh, JB jumped right Sean Layfield or J John Layfield's a dick." So yeah, but the JBL character was awesome. Yes. But who isn't a dick? <laughs> I mean, everybody's a fucking dick at true, some point. True that. True that. All right, so Bob Ross. I don't think Bob Ross was probably ever a dick. <laughs> No. I'd say it's like Bob Ross, Fred Rogers, Owen Hart, and like Regis Feldman. <laughs> Probably always pretty nice. Macho Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those those are probably four guys that were just never dicks. You know if wasn't a dick? Jesus. Well, he did say, believe in me or go to hell. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> kind of a dick move. Uh, <laughs> <Just saying. laughs> All right. <laughs> Anything else on uh, Senor Eddie Guerrero? He's like smacking people around. <laughs> believe in me or go to hell. I was saying he's like smacking people around in the streets of Jerusalem. He's like, daddy said sail. <laughs> I figured Nate, you would enjoy that. Yes. <laughs> very good, very good. <laughs> <clears throat> Anything else on Eddie, guys? Nope. nope. So the next one on my list, on my top ten of the Ruthless Aggression era in WWE, is Umaga. Umaga was not on my list, but I love Umaga. Or as William Regal would say, Umaga! Umaga. I fucking love Umaga. Umaga has one of my favorite John Cena matches, and it's that last man standing match. Royal Rumble 07. Where he chokes him out with the rope. Him and, La him and Lashley have a great match at 23, too. Umaga, like, people be like, oh, Umaga, why did the WWF do more with him? Or the WWE do more with him? And it was what we were just talking about. Umaga had demons. Yeah, he... I, don't, I don't think people's lives whatever should be you know or careers should be just summed up by the demons that they had but that was other than Benoit uh, <laughs> but anyway uh, uh, maybe after a lot maybe their careers should be summed up the the demons that they had you know and, and but that's why Umaga didn't that's why Umaga wasn't the next like, you know, right because he had a drug problem but if you look at the guy he was consistently always good and um, was an awesome character and even though it was a somewhat cartoonish type Samoan character it, it worked it did and it was funny because when they first brought the character in you know you had this feeling yep. of it isn't gonna work yeah, and it was supposed to be Joe yeah Everything I understand, Joe turned Joe wasn't going to be Umaga, but the push that Umaga got was the push that Joe was supposed to get. Um, 
I really enjoyed Umaga's matches with Jeff Hardy too. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, comedic wise, some of my favorite shit was when Santino first came in. <laughs> and he was just a. At first, he was just a fan. So then, like, Umaga's music would hit. Santino would be like, "What is this guy doing?" <laughs> <laughs> Like he was just terrified of that. You know? oh, yeah. Well, Umaga's music would hit and he would start like jittering around the ring. And... Like, why? What is this guy doing? <laughs> I was a big fan of fucking uh, his manager too, uh, Armando Estrada. Armando Alejandro Estrada. Ha-ha. Pull out the fucking Cuban cigar and fucking snap it in half. I don't remember what that jobber's name, but he, when he was like, he's the number one wrestler in Tejas. but yeah so Umanga definitely one of my tops Uh, what would you say Kai would you put him in your top 10 or no Mm. I'm gonna let you guys start by probably not step off for a minute he probably wouldn't be in my top 10 he'd be like number 12 or 11 or 12 be in the honorable mention section there yeah well, that is uh, that is the next on my list, Umaga. So yeah, everybody here on the We Can't Wrestle podcast apparently a fan of Umanga. So uh, rest in peace, Umaga. Thank you for the uh, entertaining shit, my friend. Aaron, yes. next on your list. Next guy on my list, and we're probably going to breeze right over him because he's not something that a lot of people like to talk about, but I'm not going to discount the fact that I was a fan of him, and that is Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit. Um, you can't, uh, well, like you said earlier, the personal life, the transgressions of someone can't take away from their art, really. And, yeah. I mean, in, in the ring, like you said, we'll make this quick, but Benoit was an artist, had some fantastic matches and um, like to remember him that way, but it's hard to do that. Yes. But I would not, I wouldn't be being an honest person if I didn't put him on my list. Anything to add to that, Kyle? <clears throat> no. Because, um, like I said, it's, it's tough not to get into everything else. Right. We're not. He was—he was definitely gifted, and apparently a little touched. All right. So Aaron's Aaron may disagree with me on this one. I know Kyle won't, but the next guy on my list um, of the top ten of the uh, ruthless aggression era is CM Punk. CM Punk to me is the Randy Savage of his generation. You know what? I will give you that. If John Cena is the Hulk Hogan, CM Punk is definitely the Randy Savage. I, I just I, I wholeheartedly believe that he was the he was the worker with the charisma that wasn't always the top guy, but he was a lot of times one A. And if, if you're going to talk Hogan and Savage, 
were there two guys that were more natural rivals than I? Uh, okay, other than Edge, did Cena have a more natural rival than CM Punk? I don't think so. And I think, I think that, I think that even though I, I enjoyed C, uh, Cena's feuds with Edge more, I enjoyed his matches with Punk more. CM Punk was the one of those guys that, for me personally, it was like through all the the shit, and there was a lot of it. He was the fucking shining light. It was like even if he wasn't in the main event, um, he was still something. I'm a huge fan of the fucking Straight Edge Society. I like the SES. I really enjoyed his feud with with Rey Mysterio too. Yep. I like I like him too, but I guess the reason I didn't think of him being on my list is because he got there in like 2006. Yeah, and he didn't really start doing like the SES stuff and all that until like 2009, 2010, and I was going off the time frame that he gave me, which would have been like 2002, 2008. Like I don't want to say that I discount what CM Punk brought to the business. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say that, but I think that I know I you kind of cla- you kind of classify him in the same era as Foley. Is the gist that I get when you talk about him? Yeah, and that you realize that he was a talent and a, a, a um, what's the, the word? Business, the business didn't suffer when the guy left. Right, and probably you believe he's higher on himself than he should be. Yeah. And I get it. I mean, I get it. I, I feel that way about other people too. And but I, I'm, I'm a punk mark. And even during the ruthless aggression era, when you know he was, he was in EC in the EC WWE CW, he was the best thing about that. Uh, when he was Mister Money in the Bank, I enjoyed him. Um, just the, you know, the the. Um, being the new face of 24-hour fitness. <laughs> but, I mean, I just... I, I'm I, I'm, a, I'm a punk mark, and and I put him in that class for me. Put him in that air. <laughs> Did you ever see the picture of Triple H? You know when CM Punk like went in the UFC or whatever and he got knocked out? Yeah. You ever seen that picture of Triple H? No. Triple H... <laughs> That's on, like, a screen behind Triple H, like, on a flat screen. Mm-hmm. Like, CM Punk's getting knocked out, and Triple H, like, took a... I'm sure he took it during the replay or whatever, because he wouldn't have known to do it right when it was happening. Right. But he took a selfie with that screen, like, right above his head, <laughs> and he's just making this, like... <laughs> <laughs> like, this shitty and what kind of space, like, yeah, buddy. And I've never seen that. <laughs> never seen it? No. Oh, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, you can find it and I'll send it to you. Oh, it's just Triple H being like it's his most prickish. It's great. <laughs> so, any more on CM Punk, gentlemen? Nope, I'm good. Aaron? Um. Oh, my next person? Yeah. Uh, Batista. Hmm. He was not on my list, but he definitely deserves to be on the list of that era. 
that's why I put him on it. He's on my honorable mentions list here, but um, yeah, I mean, Batista is 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 or is not, and I will pose this question to both of you. And I know I'm stealing your thunder because it's your guy, Aaron. But is or is, is or is not one of the best babyface turns in the history of wrestling, Batista? Yeah. Like that whole, like, okay, Hunter. <laughs> yeah, and it's, like, the, it's the same thing of, like, um, yeah, Kyle found it. So he just stole my thunder. <laughs> you guys should get the picture. But it goes to what I was saying about the, um, <laughs> did you see it? Yes. Yeah, that, that, that's one of my favorite pictures in, like, wrestling history. <laughs> it's funny. But it goes to, um, that, that, oh, man, I'm, I'm stuck on my words. Like, you know, when I was talking about, like, Randy Orton, when he realized, oh, this shit fucked up, you know? Yeah. They tried, they were trying to do that to Batista, but Batista was smarter than them. Yes. You know? Like, he knew all the shit. Like, he knew that JBL really wasn't trying to hit him with the limo, and it was them setting him up. Mm -hmm. And Batista let them think, oh, I'm a rube. I have no idea what you're doing. (laughs) You know? And, And Batista was like... And people might freak out. Uh, seven people listening might freak out when I say this, but Batista was what Kevin Nash should have been. Yeah, when he was like a face, like he wasn't like like hokey smiling all the time, slapping hands with everybody. He was cool, and he wasn't like shitty to the fans or whatever. But he was still a badass, like. The coolest thing he ever said to anybody was, "Hey Booker, uh, I'm, I'm gonna need my belt back." I'm gonna need my belt back. Yeah, that was great, man. And or when just he, like when he was, or when, when he had, like, like he thought he, they thought he was going to SmackDown or whatever, so mm-hmm. he was giving him a thumbs up, and he was like, "Nah," and just beat the fuck out of him. Like, or when, yeah. or when he asked Carlito, "Did you see what I did with the flags last week?" and <laughs> His, you're right though. His too cool, his too cool for school attitude, um, mixed with his badassedness. Yeah, and and he was a guy that was like, you know, I know I'm bigger than everybody else, and I'm only gonna be a bully if you made me be a bully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and he was actually really, really, really fucking good in the ring. Yeah. Like, a guy that big and that jack shouldn't have been that good. And I know it didn't happen during this era, this Ruthless Aggression era. It was after that. But does, there are very few guys that have such a cool, like, I'm leaving the WWE moment than him when he's in that fucking wheelchair. He's got, like, a tight shirt on. Or and and he's, he's being a big fucking baby about the yeah. whole thing. And, I mean, it was just great. Like, he, he did business the way you should do business. And it was entertaining. And um, the only thing I think that hurts Batista a little bit in his legacy was his propensity to be out for long periods of time with an injury. Yeah. It kind of, you know, he had a lot of start-stop things because of that. 
and I'm not I'm not discounting his career at all. I you know I like Batista too, but I think that that sometimes that hurts his legacy because he just couldn't yeah. he couldn't have that that sustained run on top like Cena yeah. could. And that's what I was gonna say was in that era he, he like he was my guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like I didn't hate John Cena. I still don't hate John Cena, but like when Cena and Batista were running. Like they were the two guys. Like I was, I was a Batista guy. And just as, just as a side note, to go back to somebody we talked about earlier. Okay, Eddie, I'm your friend. Hey, Bautista. I wish Eddie like that's supposed to be my friend. You're supposed to be my friend. For fans that don't know what the hell he's talking about, Aaron showed us at, I think it was either Mania or the Rumble. I don't know. There's, there's a video of fucking Batista screaming at Ray, you're supposed to be my friend to the chicken dance song. <laughs> That's pure insanity. And then, and then he pop locks, and then the video's over. It was, it was to the point where Nate was like, this is too much for me. <laughs> and if anybody wants to know what's what's going on in my mind <laughs> at the time, it's that. It's that video. <laughs> uh, like, you see now, like, Aaron becomes the president. Mr. President, we need you to make a decision. You're supposed to be my friend. Be my friend. So funny. <laughs> oh. Next. All right. So, what I'm getting at is my brain doesn't work like other people's. <laughs> Kindle tells Kindle tells me that about myself all the time. She's like, your brain is not like other people's brain. <laughs> Well, all right, that's fine. I'm good with that. Like, okay, this happened at work. I'm not going to name where I work, but this happened at work, okay? Mm-hmm. Somebody at work in one of the working areas wrote on a pallet jack, skeet, skeet. You know what else I think? <laughs> I think I'm tired. <laughs> I should... I should Nate, edit that part out, and I'll tell you the story after the video. After we're done, it's funny. Okay. I don't want to talk about work out here. <laughs> so, the next one on my list. <laughs> I don't know that person. <laughs> well, you brought up Lita. I'm going to bring up Trish Stratus. Trish Stratus brings something up when I think about her. <laughs> Um, is there a more, is Trish Stratus the most improved wrestler of all time? Like from beginning, from beginning to end? You know what I was about to say? What's that? Trish Stratus is, and it's not the same, but it's the same. Trish Stratus is the female Kurt Angle. Okay. Like, she is a person that had nothing to do with professional wrestling, got into the business, 
and was like a fucking duck to water. Aced it. Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe not even duck to water because it took her a couple of years. But what I will say. I know, maybe not in the ring, but she got it. Right. Got in there. You know what I mean? Like, she got it. Mm hmm. Like, she went, even when she was like with T- like TNA or doing whatever, she knew exactly what she was supposed to do in the role that she was. You know what I mean? Yes. She was hired because of her assets and her titties. And it was able to prove to everybody that, hey, I'm not just. Titties. You know, <laughs> well, not even just titties, but eye candy. Where a lot of a lot of people at that time, a lot of the female wrestlers at that time, were brought on just to be fucking eye candy. Mm-hmm. And she actively decided, no, I'm gonna fucking get better at this. And boy, did she! Yeah, I mean, it, it nice titties. One of the best feuds of that era. One of the best feuds of the ruthless aggression era is Trish Stratus and Mickey James, hands down. Yeah. Hands down. Um, another really good feud in that era is, um, and it might I might even like it a little more. Or well, maybe not. I like. I think I like the matches a little bit more. Or her, her and Victoria. Yeah. Victoria doesn't get talked about enough. I don't think. Now Victoria's kind of in that. Um, she's kind of in that class with with um, Ivory. And that she just yeah. doesn't, she doesn't get the, you know, Ivory was really good, but maybe she got overlooked just because. She wasn't. Well, and I'm let's. I'm not even going to say she wasn't attractive. No, they no. Uh, they weren't, they weren't, they weren't Vince McMahon attractive. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Ivory was in there with Sable and Terry Runnels. Yeah, Ivory and like, like an Ivory, Victoria. Molly Holly. Molly Holly. Um, and I, Tori, like not Victoria, but like Tori, mm-hmm. they were the ones that you put them in there with the eye candy to have, they were, they were like the workhorses, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they were the, they were the female equivalent of a Dean Malenko, William Regal, Fit Finley and Squire David Taylor. Right. You had, you want these people on your roster because still at the end of the day, fucking Marquis says wrestling but we're going to put them in there with the good-looking ones, you know, mm-hmm. to make them better. And if they don't get better, they'll at least get something out of them. Absolutely. Unless that's somebody's Jackie Gata. <laughs> you know, earlier I talked about uh, um, Shelton Benjamin. All, all four of those women are very attractive women, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. Earlier I talked about Shelton Benjamin and Shawn Michaels having one of the best... Uh, his matches in the history of Monday Night Raw. Jackie Gata <laughs> was involved in one of the worst matches in the history of Monday Night Raw. Yep. So there you Fucking go. Fucking garbage. <laughs> Hot garbage. All right, Aaron, so who's next on your list? Uh, Edge. Oh, goddamn, he was next on my list. I give Edge the nod as the best heel. Of the Ruthless Aggression Era, even over Triple H. Yeah. I mean, Triple H had some... He had some... uh, 
he had a he had a face run in there where he was actually like you know an over face mm-hmm. with and the X. And they tried yeah. to make edge of face every time they tried to do it, it was flat. You know, it mm-hmm. didn't work. The guy's just naturally yeah, a heel. Edge is, like, edge is like Christian to me, where even though in real life he isn't, he just has like an unlikable demeanor to him. Oh know? yeah, definitely naturally a heel. Randy Orton's naturally a heel. Like Randy Orton as a babyface is not even ten times as interesting as Randy Orton as a heel. And Randy Orton in real life is a heel. Well, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's telling people, like, like, work out, please fuck off. I don't care what you're doing. Shit like that. Yeah, he's just a natural heel. But Edge was a great bitter, like, that bitter Edge character was amazing. And to talk about, you know, I talked earlier about Triple H. You know, people can say what they want about Triple H, but even if he was putting somebody over, or if, even if somebody was putting him over, he was putting them over and getting them to be a bigger star. Um, Edge's most classic feud is probably with Cena. You know, Edge was Cena's perennial rival. But before that, I think that Edge's feud with Shawn Michaels was so important to his rise. Yeah. And Sean, Sean really, really did business for Edge. Yeah, and his feud with Mick. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Awesome. The greatest, like I said, I don't know. That might be the greatest hardcore match of all time. Yeah. It definitely is the hardcore match of all time that makes the most sense. And the, at least in, the, like, WWE, maybe, maybe of all time. But in the history of WWE, is Kyle saying something? Uh-huh. But at least in the WWE, yeah, yeah. it would um, be the greatest hardcore match of all time. And they had a great feud. Yeah. And, Or- and Orton and Edge with uh, DX was great. Rated RKO was awesome. Mm-hmm. His, his feud with Flair is under the radar a little bit, but that was a good feud. Yeah, I mean, they did some hokey shit in that one. But the matches were good. He's, he's feuding with Ric Flair, you know. It's going to be a little a little wacky, but... Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, he's in one of the the realest feuds of all time with, with Matt. Mm-hmm. You know, that might I be... I will not last, die! That might be the last, like... Um, Like real conflicts draw heat or whatever, you know what I mean? Like yeah. personal conflicts draw money or whatever type feuds. But yeah, Edge is on my list, and apparently he was on yours. Yes, he was. Do you have any more on your list that aren't honorable mentions? Um, I have one more because uh, the next one on my list was Eddie. I have one more, too, so do we want to do our honorable mentions real quick and then do our number ones? Well, my honorable mentions were, um, one of them was uh, Batista, which you already brought up. And then the other one for me was the tag team of Brian Kendrick and Paul London. Good tag team. Very good tag team. I really like both of those guys, and... um, uh, I find them to be two of the most underutilized talents in WWE history. Brian Kendrick, I think, suffered from being too small. 
Um, Paul London, I think, suffered from being too high. So, but what yeah. everything I heard too, he was kind of a a big mouth. Well, and I've always heard he's kind of a space cadet too. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> he's kind of out there yeah. <laughs> as a person. So, we ever watched that promo with him and him and Daniel Bryan? And where they're high as fuck. Yes, I have um, a, a few times when I was drunk as fuck. Yes. <laughs> But I have, um, I talked about Eddie without having, or JBL without having Eddie, he wouldn't have been something. So JBL is an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. And then, um, excuse me, Nate, he's a guy that you know I'm a fan of, and he never really did a whole lot, and I think he could have done a lot more, was Charlie Haas. Yeah. And then... Um, just these two more guys. One is because I really liked the character, even though the name was kind of silly, but he was still a cool character. Was Carlito Caribbean cool? That's not cool. It's not cool. And then the last guy, in my opinion, before they ruined him, was the last true funny man in professional wrestling, and that was Santino. I like Santino. I want to go back to Carlito for a second. Because I want to, I want to clear something up for those of you that maybe younger viewers that have never seen it or what have you. One of the greatest non-wrestling segments in wrestling history is the Piper's Pit at WrestleMania 21 with Steve Austin and Carlito. You go on down to the back. I don't care what you do. <laughs> I don't care where you go. You go on as long Just as you go on down to go the back. Go on down to the back. <laughs> That's not shit. cool. That or uh, when Austin's like, <laughs> you stand there with your little skirt, your little fuzzy gimmicks. <laughs> uh, I love that segment. Anyway, that, whenever I hear Carlito, it jogs me back to that. You go on go down, down to the back. I don't care what you do. <laughs> Back. And then of course they beat him up. Well, yeah, and Piper eats his apple and spits it in his face, and but yeah. Anyway, right. from the looks of Piper, it was the first apple he ate in, a... <laughs> in quite some time. Since I don't have a list, somebody said an apple, and he was like eight ball. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead, Kyle. Sorry. Brown. Apple brown. <laughs> Since I don't have a list, I'm going to run through a couple guys that, like, for me, or not even really for me, but guys that we have not mentioned yet that mm-hmm. I think should be mentioned. You better not be cool? number one guy. Oh, you haven't gone yet. No, neither yeah. one of us have got our number yeah. one yet. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, thought, I thought you went. Go ahead. I, I know that these people aren't going to be your fucking number one, so. Aaron, you're number one. Brock Lesnar. All right. <laughs> um, Brock was not on my list, surprisingly. Not. But I'm going to to definitely agree with that one. Yep. Brock Lesnar right now is the only thing I like about modern wrestling. <laughs> he really is. He's the only thing that really like I am entertained by this. Like if he's on, I'm gonna watch it. 
I care about what Brock Lesnar <clears throat> is doing. And during during that era, what a fucking beast. Yeah. Like, what a beast. Um you know, I'm going to say this and uh, you guys might bring somebody up that just slips my mind. And I know that there's big guys that have good matches, okay? I understand that. Paul Orndorff or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But at that time, had there ever been a guy that looked like that that could do what the fuck Brock Lesnar could? Nope. Yeah. Like, fuck. I mean, what a fucking beast. He might be the greatest... I mean, him and Angle might be the greatest athletes... Yeah, of our time. I mean, you know, fucking Luthez. I don't know. I wasn't alive then. You know, that's what that's what would happen. We would have this conversation. I'd be like, Angle and Lesnar are the two greatest, and then some guy would be like, well, uh, Ed, Ed the Strangler Lewis. Well, fuck, I wasn't alive. I've never even seen an egg. egg. <laughs> I've never seen an Ed the Strangler Lewis fucking match, so I don't want to hear it. Egg the Strangler Lewis. <laughs> Yeah, put that down for the gimmicks. I'll edit it out. We'll get that pop later. But anyway. Anyway, Brock Lesnar would take Luthez. <laughs> Especially now since he's dead. I'm just saying. And just smack him in the mouth and put him in a suitcase. <laughs> just send him on his way. In a suitcase. <laughs> My he name lives. is Paul Heyman. And in this suitcase. Gases Luthez. It'd be like like when fucking like Garfield was smacking Odie around and sending him to Abu Dhabi or whatever. You know what I just thought about? Brock Lesnar putting Luthez in a suitcase and then treating the suitcase like a beatbox. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's what I would do to him. Like... I know there's probably UFC people now, and it's happened, that can beat Brock Lesnar. Okay? Mm-hmm. But, but we're talking about the professional no, wrestling business. I'm talking about the professional wrestling business. There is no, like, there is nobody that can do anything to Brock Lesnar. Right. He doesn't want them to do. Like, there's, there's not a lot of people that I'm just like, I've never met this man, but I'm afraid of him. <laughs> I'm afraid of Brock Lesnar. To me, I mean, that he's the ruthless aggression guy. Like that era, it's Brock Lesnar. It's Brock Lesnar and everybody else. Like there's matches. Like my favorite Brock Lesnar matches from that era, obviously, are the ones with Angle. But do you know what to me epitomizes the Brock Lesnar character in that era? What? It's him wiping Hulk Hogan's blood across his chest. Yeah. Like, that is so poignant. And so, like, to the fact... And, like, that's that's the way you fucking be a monster heel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, just I just beat up this legend, and I'm just going to laugh and rub his blood across my massive chest. And I liked the fact that he didn't do it all the time, but I would like when he would be cocky. Yeah. Like, when he came out, like, he was, like, doing all the mariachi stuff, like, Eddie and everything like that. Mm-hmm. 
And and people can say what they want to say about Rock too. Rock isn't one of those guys that won't allow himself to lose or anything like that either. Right. Like like Rock doesn't have an, an ego in that way. He doesn't. No. Like what's going on with him in the WWE now isn't him going, I won't do this or I won't do that. It's Vince McMahon or whoever Triple H saying the baddest guy we got right and 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 from the perspective of brock lesnar you know people say but from the perspective of brock lesnar if vince mcmahon's gonna give me millions of dollars to put over seth rollins or to be mr money in the bank why the fuck wouldn't i do it yeah i mean those people that are like oh brock has the belt and he's never around are the same people that were bitching they changed about every five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Can't we have a beautiful champion? Uh, who's your next guy? Who's your last guy? Numero uno on my list. Kurt Angle. All right. I got him yep. for Kurt Angle. Um... Whereas, where I mean, you know, you and and you think about it, you know, Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, one of the great rivals, rivalries, in in our memory in wrestling, um, and I mean, did Kurt Angle ever have a bad match? I can't think of one. Me, me neither. That's <laughs> that's kind of why why he wound up number one on my list because I thought, well. Have I ever seen Kurt have a bad match? Have I ever seen Kurt in anything I did not find entertaining? And the answer is no. Um, I, I think that he would be number one on my list. And it's unfortunate that him and Vince had a falling out in 06. Um, because I, I kind of wish... I don't know how you feel about this, Kyle, but... I kind of wish that Kurt Angle's... I almost wish Kurt Angle's run in TNA had never happened. Yep. I wish that he would have just stayed, completed that WWE run, and that would have been it. You know? You know... And I also I also think... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, good. But, but be, to that point, I also think that Vince McMahon and his company would have stopped Kurt... Before he did the excruciating damage he did to himself. Yeah. Kurt, right before he left, I was really into Kurt and what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Because he, he dropped the whole, you know, goofy, fun-loving character, and he was just a badass. Well, yeah, exactly. And the thing I liked about the most about that character is... He wasn't a babyface or a heel. Yeah. You know, one week, one, one, one pay-per-view he was wrestling Mark Henry, and the next pay-per-view he was wrestling The Undertaker. You know, he was just a badass dude that fought people. It didn't matter if they were a good guy or a bad guy. He was just going to fight them and fuck them up. And I, yeah, I mean, I just, to me, in that era, as far as match consistency goes and... Just me, you know, I, I, I probably I would say Angle was my favorite when it came to match consistency, and Eddie is my favorite when it comes to entertaining me. 
from that era. So that, as they say, is that for our top tens this week on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. So yeah, Kyle, go ahead. You got five? Yeah, not just five guys. Like I said, I don't think you've mentioned them. And I like if five you had, guys. You tell me to fuck off. I like five guys. I do. It's good burgers. Uh, first guy. Yes. Hurricane Helm. Ah, yes. The Hurricane. Consistent performer. Um, entertaining gimmick. He was even entertaining when he was the the when he did the the dual identity as the roving reporter. Yep. And can I say, one of the better moments of that era was Rock going, "Oh, it's just the Hamburglar." <laughs> What's he going to hit me with a chicken nugget? (laughs) But yeah, I'll give you the hurricane. All right. Aaron, you got anything on the hurricane? I was a fan of him. And I like, like, I've never disliked him. I even liked him when he was Sugar Shane. Yeah, I'll give you that. Next guy, Johnny Nitro, John Morrison. Um, Morrison, I say, is almost like, and you weren't you weren't on the show yet when we were talking about Shelton Benjamin. Um, Morrison, different than Benjamin, in that I think John Morrison was great in the ring, but his his gimmick almost grated on my nerves. Yeah. Like his personality, I don't know. And I, Plus, I he was he was cuckoo for cockhold pups. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you see what I'm saying, Kyle? Like, I, and you may be like, no, no yeah. I liked his. You know, if you liked his persona, that's cool too. But he just like his promos and stuff always grated on my nerves. But once the bell rang, I mean, an amazing performer. not really this is not like my list or anything it's just guys that off the top of my head i can think of that i had I enjoyed, up, so. I enjoyed john morrison the most when was when he was with the Miz. like i right, liked we, him more when he was no i'm and that was in that same era but i'm just saying right um but we we talked about triple h we talked about orton we talked about batista Fuck it, let's end it all with fucking Ric Flair. Flair had a uh, kind of a great tail end to his career in the ruthless aggression era because, you know, he'd been kind of used and abused by WCW at the end of that promotion. So it was nice to see Flair. And Aaron and I were talking about this before we, I think before we started recording tonight. Um, But I always... To me, Ric Flair's last match is WrestleMania 24. I completely ignore any of the Impact shit. Yeah. Um, it didn't happen. <laughs> in my Well, none of the wrestling, you know, in Impact happened. But, um, absolutely. I mean, to be able to... To be able to end his career on a high note, as opposed to the low note that the end of WCW was for him... 
Um, I would definitely give you that one. The Nate. Matt Hardy. I'm not a big fan of Matt Hardy until, I mean, I, I like the, I like the, um, the latest shit, you know, the delete stuff. But I, I was never a big Matt Hardy. I was more a Jeff Hardy mark than a Matt Hardy mark. Um, well, and like I said, and, you know, Jeff Hardy is definitely a, you know, a great choice for Russo's Russian era, but I was a fan of the fucking Matt Hardy version one. That was fun. You're right. That was fun. Like the Matt facts and stuff like that. Yeah. And it, you know what else was fun about that? Just, I, I loved when, like, one of my favorite things about that gimmick was when Shannon Moore would get in the way of a move to protect Matt Hardy from the move. Like that was really creative. I liked that. That was fun. But yeah, you're right. The 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 V one deal was fun. Um I, I guess when I was thinking I was thinking more like I was I was not a fan of the ah, Matt Hardy will not die. Matt Hardy. Yeah. No. Like that that was not a deal for me. Um it was just hokey. I don't know. And he seemed like a bitch. I, I, I hate to say it, but he, he kind of seemed like a bitch. And, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I wasn't really thinking about that, that being during the ruthless aggression era, but Matt Hardy V one, that was fun. That was fun stuff. And then the last guy on my list, because I think he did the best in ring work, not a great in ring technician, but Vince McMahon, The feud with Shawn Michaels is some of the best stuff of that era. Because, you know, he had Shawn, he had Hulk, he had, I mean, really, he didn't do a lot of wrestling in the Attitude Era or anything. It was more, you know, in the Ruthless Aggression because then he did the whole DX thing. Mm-hmm. One of the most iconic images is WrestleMania 19 with Vince poking his head above the, over the ring apron. Yep. <laughs> At Hulk Hogan. Covered in blood. Yeah. But, I mean, actually, my favorite Vince McMahon match is his match at WrestleMania 22 with, with Michaels. I mean, that's even, that's even better to me than the cage match with Austin. Um, because in that match, Vince McMahon gets absolutely no offense whatsoever. If you watch it from the beginning to the end, I don't believe, and I could be wrong, he might get some at the beginning, but it's essentially just like 15 minutes of Shawn Michaels beating the ever-loving fuck out of Vince McMahon. Pretty much. (laughs) And, uh, do you remember Survivor Series of uh, 2003? When he takes the shovel shot? Well, not even just takes a show shot. Like, if you watch that match, fucking Taker just fucking hits him in the face. Like, <laughs> the fucking bell ring. And goddamn it, he's bleeding. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. But yeah, Vince gets some kudos for that era, too. You know, he... the. the the most kudos he gets usually is for the Attitude Era. But you're right, in the Ruthless Aggression Era... 
I mean, he actually went to the ring and 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 got in there and and did the business more than he did during the Attitude Era. I would say that he was funner in the fucking Ruthless Aggression Era than he was Attitude Era. The only thing during the Ruthless Aggression Era that Vince did that I disagree with is I never liked the shit with Stephanie. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just uncomfortable to me. Maybe it's because I'm a dad with a daughter, and I don't know. I just... I don't know. I did, I never I never dug on that. That was kind of over the top. But yeah, you're right. Other than that, the, her, her and Vince is one of the greatest outtakes ever, though. You ever seen that? What's that? Which one? Where she accidentally accidentally puts her hand on that light. You ever seen that? No. It's a it's a it's on a SmackDown, and they're like doing they're like cutting a promo or whatever, and she mm-hmm. accidentally like puts her hand on an actual light. Mm-hmm. It's on the desk, but they're talking, and she puts her hand on it. She's like, "Oh, that's hot." It's like, "No shit." <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like a family moment, you know. <laughs> no like, shit. <laughs> you know, you've never seen that. No, I've never seen that. Oh, yeah, no, no shit. Yeah, it's, all right, some good uh, some good pulls by Kyle there uh, off the off the cuff, not being prepared, not being part of the post or the pre production of the show. Good job on that. So, to wrap the show up this week, Aaron says that he now go ahead and sum it up for the listeners. What do you have for us? This is the worst televised wrestling card in the history of wrestling. Damn. I mean, I'm watching 94 Raw right now. This is 1999. Oh. Chattanooga, Ooh. Tennessee, WCW, September 30th. God, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Chattanooga, Tennessee, September 30th, 1999, WCW, Thunder. Oof. <laughs> okay. I bet that's bad. This is, this is the show results. <clears throat> is Hale on this card? No. No. <laughs> Starts out decent. All right. It's Juventud Guerrera, Psychosis, and La Parca versus Viano four and five and Silver King. So they're That's, they're buttering us good. up. That should be good. Yeah, they're okay. buttering us up here. Yeah. Well, Uvi, Psychosis, and La Parca beat Silver King and Vianos. Whatever. Good match. Now, I just want you guys to think about these huge names that are on this card. In the next match, Norman Norman Smiley beat Adrian Bird. (laughs) Ever heard of him? (laughs) No. His mother hasn't even heard of him. He's just like this bald, light-skinned brother. (laughs) Loses darn Norman Smiley. And then the next match, um, Mona beats Randy Alexander. Okay? True. People are True. paying for this. <laughs> so are sponsors. And then after this match, Frankie Lancaster beats um, Dean Roll. What the fuck is going on? This is televised? <laughs> and he beats him by disqualification because uh, Scott Norton attacks uh, Lancaster first. But then beats up Dean Roll too. 
Dean Roll. Yeah, and Frankie Lancaster. <laughs> what no the idea who any of these fucking people are. <laughs> and then Norton challenges Goldberg for a match later, and Goldberg ends up accepting it. He didn't challenge it, Frankie Lancaster, though. Uh, and then in the next match, it's Hugh Morris and Brian Nobbs defeating David Taylor and Steven Regal. And then there's an interview with the Revolution. Then Bobby Eaton defeats Luther Biggs. Who is with his, with his manager Buzz Stern. <laughs> Buzz Stern. <coughs> who is Glacier. But he's doing a coach gimmick with this fat guy named Luther Briggs. <laughs> and then um in the match after that, um Brad Armstrong defeats Horace Hogan. Well, at least the right guy went over on that one. Yeah. And then in the match after that, it is um, Rey Mysterio Jr. and Billy Kidman defeating Kendall William and Curly Bill. <laughs> Who is Virgil? Virgil. And you said you match, said you said Kendall William. You meant Kendall Wyndham. Yeah, Kendall Wind Kendall Wyndham. Sorry. I didn't mean to say William. I meant to say Wyndham. Kendall Wyndham and Curly Bill <laughs> lose to um, Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio. And the only good thing on this show is Larry Zbysko says, man, this Curly Bill, he's a hell of a politician, isn't he? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, he's part of a group and that shit starts to, he doesn't see shit. He's like, that thing goes belly up and he's right back into another one. <laughs> That's like the best work shoot comment ever. Yeah, he's just basically like, man, Mike Jones, man, he knows how to fucking suck. Mike Jones. Parasite. He basically says that Mike Jones is a complete parasite. Like, it's <laughs> the only good thing about the show. And then uh, in your in your super duper main event, Bill Goldberg defeats Scott Norton. That was pretty that bad. The worst goddamn wrestling show <laughs> I've ever watched. I can't believe you made it through it. Like, I watch, folks, for those of you that don't know, I may have mentioned on the show before, I watch stuff in chronological order. And I, you know, I'll watch, like, right now I'm in 94, so I'm watching WWF and WCW and, every, and ECW, anything 94 all the way through chronologically. And I have never, in my chronological viewing of wrestling, even fire, fired up an episode of Thunder. I don't know why, but to me, Thunder is the most boring wrestling show ever. It's so boring. Like, the set's boring, and the music is boring, and the lighting is boring. It's just boring. Yeah, it was, it was complete trash. <laughs> that show was just horrible. <clears throat> wow! Yeah, let's see, let's see if you can hear this. I know you can't see it, but I want you—I want you to hear. This is Stephanie burning her hand on the lamp. You want? You're hot. Lamp was hot. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear him? Yes. He's like, yeah, no lamp was hot. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah, no shit. 
<laughs> Pal. It's not as funny as when he told Shane, you're going to catch a fucking beating. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even an outtake. Yeah, he was like, yeah, catch a fucking beating. It's like, God damn, Vince, why can't you be like that more often? <laughs> but yeah, I just, like I said, I got to I gotta wrap it up here. Well, Kyle... I just wanted to read that horrible card to everyone. Mm, yes, sir. Thank you for letting us enjoy that. You're welcome. And Kyle, thank you for joining us on the Frankie show. Lang- like I've heard, I've heard the name Frankie Lancaster. Never saw him, but I heard the name. I've never. <laughs> Dean Roll? Dean Roll. <laughs> uh, he probably doesn't even have a Wikipedia. Kyle, thank you for joining us on the show. Yeah, I was worried. I was I was worried about you. Eh, don't be worried about me. I want to give a special shout out to my bitch of an ex girlfriend for stealing my freaking ratchet set when I needed it to change the battery on my goddamn mower. Which means she's a ratchet. Yeah. So she's your ex girlfriend. Oh yeah. And never going to be your girlfriend again. Oh, fuck no. So we can say on the show today, fuck that bitch. (laughs) All right. Trust me, that was said a lot the other day when I was trying to change that fucking battery. (laughs) Mm. And, uh, well, now I will get the uh, shameless plugs out of the way. And we will uh, get out of your way. Listeners, we want to thank you for joining the We Can't Wrestle podcast here on Podbean, Stitcher, and hey, uh, Kyle, did you hear we're on Spotify now, too? Oh, sweet. Hells yeah. You can uh, get the uh, the show on, on Spotify as well. And uh, that being said, just one more reminder before we go off the air, I'd like to remind anyone that uh, wants to click the link on our Facebook group or our Facebook page you can support Jerry Gray, former professional wrestler, in his fight against stage 4 cancer. Anything you can give to uh, to Jerry through his PayPal is greatly appreciated. It helps him with medical costs, groceries, anything that helps him get through his life. Jerry Gray, a great guy, a great storyteller, and uh, he is not doing well right now. So, again, anything you can give to his uh, his GoFundMe through our links on the on the page are greatly appreciated. And other than that, I'll let my co-hosts say their final words, and I'll start uh, Tootsie. God bless Jerry Gray. God bless John Stewart. Yes. Fuck Dean Roll. <laughs> Fuck Dean Roll. God bless John Stewart. Aaron, it was Fuck Dean Roll. You're you done. You yeah, All right. Hold on. Well, fuck you, Dean Roll. (laughs) Wherever you are. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us this week on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. We'll be back next week with more amazing content. I don't know what yet, but fuck it. We'll have something on for you. Thank you for joining us on this week's show. We're signing off, and we'll see you next time around on the We Can't Wrestle podcast.
I'm tired of my best friend stabbing me in the back. You think I'm playing? Right. I'm not playing. I'm gonna rip your head off. Please, please, you're hurting me. Please. You're supposed to be my friend. 